Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Big Ten Plus Four. I am Sam Sprunger. Tony Hollinsworth on the other side of the screen form uh, with me. Uh, no Dalton today. I know again, man, again. Yeah, yeah. But at least we know he's actually working hard somewhere else. So. Right, right, right. We 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 play uh, because he. We're saying he's taking his you know, taking time off, doing nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably one of the hardest working guys I know when it comes to uh, uh, Big Ten sports and things like that. So uh, please, please go find him, follow him on uh, social media. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff. So, uh, But this week, we're right up on the holidays, Tony. Merry Christmas, early. Uh, happy Festivus. Not a lot of people realize that December 23rd is a holiday. Uh, for those uh, you, those of you who uh, watch Seinfeld or have watched Seinfeld and really loved it, you know that uh, Frank Costanza developed a uh, a holiday called Festivus, and I have my Festivus pull up right here next to my computer, um, and and then I have my festive sweater on today as well. If you're watching on video, you can see my my little sweater there. Look at that! Yeah. Uh, still uh this week is 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 one of those weeks we talked about it on on wednesday uh we talked about it last week because it was kind of the same kind of thing but it was a little bit uh, even a little more different uh because last week was finals week this is just that that really quiet time because nobody wants to schedule anything on christmas day and of course you've got hey christmas eve you probably shouldn't because they're a family thing so there's not a lot happening especially in the big 10 leading up to the holiday and for like a few days after there's nothing really until the 27th when uh wisconsin kicks off in their in their their bowl game and that's when the big 10 kind of kicks back off after the holiday so we've got some topics we're going to talk about some stuff tony uh, it, it's it, it there's never <laughs> never a shortage of topics that we can talk about never um, we we kind of mentioned last week on the friday episode or on the friday show that we, we talked about uh matt rule being hired in at nebraska and we're going to cover the other two uh coaching changes that were took place in the big 10 uh up to this point i don't know that they're done i i honestly honestly Tony, I think there's at least one more going to happen. Yeah, I think so. I, I can. We can talk about that in just a minute. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 trying to survive after 2024 uh, when the Big Ten raids them. Uh, maybe, maybe some big basketball schools making some moves uh, into conferences that uh, uh, that might matter uh, down the road. So we're going to talk about what the Big Ten could possibly do to help bolster their big their basketball side of sports um you know we all know that football drives the bus and that's king but you still have 
those things to make yourself more viable on the basketball side that that could help uh in some ways as well so uh, a lot on 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 the on the docket today plus we've got headlines uh we don't have a dalton headline today uh but uh, we're trying to power through um if you're in big 10 country you know that we're going through one heck of a of a bad snowstorm right now what is this uh storm winter storm elliot or something and oh, i didn't uh, know it had a name yeah it, it officially got a name well let's say it this way i saw it officially had a name yesterday so i i'm sure it had been named i just hadn't been paying attention so okay uh, if, if something happens to where all of a sudden i'm not here any longer tony you know what happened <laughs> right right <laughs> just keep on with a, go on without me go on without <laughs> me tony go on without wait do you want me to like just you know let do you want me to let you just fall off the door even though you could easily also be jump on, on as well <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah i uh, let me go Okay. okay, I'll 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 be Rose, you be Jack, we, and I'll just we will I'll just go on. I guess <laughs> just, I'll just let you slide into the cold icy waters, literally, and sink with the Titanic. I used to have a shirt when that when that movie came out. I for one thing, I was like, oh, I, I was nineteen, I think, when it came out, and I went to I think it was a Spencer's Gifts or something, no free ads, and uh, they had a shirt that said, "The boat sank. Get over it." And I was like, that is totally my mentality. This is a historic event. I'm just going to wear the T. I, I wore it. I wore it until it fell apart. The craziness was it was a white T-shirt and I was like on it. Like I chose a white T-shirt because it was that strong of a statement. So <laughs> you're like, I need people to know. Even if this gets dirty, I need people Correct. to know. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well. Like we, like I said, we talked about Matt Rule last last week, that uh, and kind of talked about what we thought about if it was a good hire, bad hire. Uh, we've got two other coaching positions that were filled already. Uh, one, one, one developed in the middle of a season. Uh, it was, uh, it was Paul Christ at Wisconsin being, being let go after they got beat by Illinois. They were beaten pretty soundly by Illinois in Madison and yeah. see that, 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 that in, in, in and of itself is what's so confusing to me sometimes about what this season was football wise, mm -hmm. because Purdue went into Madison and got manhandled. But then when Purdue and Illinois played, Purdue didn't manhandle them, but I didn't ever feel like they were in danger of losing that game to Illinois. And it was in Champaign. So Wisconsin, I still think that Paul Christ, there, there had to be something going on that made them want to make that fire right then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't understand it because he a successful coach like that then all of a sudden kind of blindsided in the middle of the season. Okay. We're letting you go. You're done. You're done. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's kind of, they weren't hiring somebody right away, which again makes me wonder what happened that they felt they had to get rid of Paul Christ, unless they wanted to get rid of him at the end of the season, but knew they had to give Jim Leonard a try. That might be the, only thing that made me think okay that's what they wanted to do 
Mm-hmm. Eventually turns out they didn't want Jim Leonard and and he's not coming back to Wisconsin. No. And uh which somebody's going to get one heck of a good head coach or a really good DC uh for a couple of years until he's ready to become the head coach uh of a of a program. So close to after the season uh the the last game of the season i think um wisconsin hired luke fickle and luke fickle has been one of those that has been a a a coaching candidate in so many programs Mm -hmm. hiring process what do you think made wisconsin the one that luke because he's he had one heck of a gig going on in cincinnati yep uh he 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 was getting ready. I do believe they're they're joining the Big Twelve, right? They're one of the four teams joining yep. the Big Twelve, correct? Yep. So he he'll that, actually that, be... that team is joining the Big Twelve. So yep. like he's going into a Power Five conference, mm-hmm. you know, at Cincinnati. He's coming off a, a playoff journey to you with the Bearcats. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a horrible season this year, you know. Mm-mm taken into consideration why all of a sudden is wisconsin the place he wants to go i mean you look at him and you got to remember back in 2011 before ohio state hired urban meyer he Mm -hmm. was the head coach and correct now yeah they went six and seven with him at the helm they went three and five in the big 10 you know they were fourth overall in the big 10 conference and ended up losing um a bowl to the Gators. No, they lost the Gator Bowl. Sorry. Um, I was like, <laughs> S- to the Gators? similar. Really? Um, <clears throat> so then, of course, he, to me, he wanted to stay pretty close to Big Ten country, but not be officially in it. So he goes to Cincinnati, who, you know, obviously Cincinnati has not been a powerhouse like ever, hardly. Um, <laughs> so he goes to Cincinnati, you know, first year was kind of a mess. And then, you know, you look at it in 2018, he took a team that went four and eight his first year to 11 and two, 11 and three, nine and one, 13 and one, and then nine and three. So he never had more than technically three losses after his first year. And he went 57 of 18. So to me, I think he goes to Wisconsin because that's probably one of the better, better, more historically blue blood organizations that is not a total dumpster fire in, you know, football at least. Because, I mean, you look at Nebraska, historically Nebraska has been great, but what has Nebraska been in the last, what, we'll say 10 years at least? Mm-hmm. They've been pretty you know, irrelevant, really. Like, they, they really haven't done much in the last 10 years. And for him, if he was to move schools, I mean what are your other options maybe you could probably go to a sec team you could have gone to auburn you could have gone to um what was another sec team that fired i feel like there was another one i can't remember off the top of it but anyway you know you join you join the sec you know it's not okay. sec plus four so i don't know i know but but nonetheless <laughs> you know at least if you go to wisconsin you're still you're in a division and your your chances of winning a division and at least competing for your conference title are still pretty high. Whereas you go to the SEC, okay, prepare to get the snot beat out of you by Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, you know, and, and prepare to be sitting there, you know, at six and six for pretty much ever darn near. Maybe you'll get a, a lucky win here and there. So to me, to join Wisconsin, 
he's still pretty close to Cincinnati. He can still dip into the same recruiting pool that he was already dipping into there in the Midwest of like, hey, you know, if you don't go to Ohio State, if you don't go to Michigan, you don't go to Penn State, you know, you can still come to Wisconsin and you still have a viable chance to still be a starter in my program. And you don't have to worry about potentially being overshadowed by a more nationally recognized recruit that's probably going to go to Ohio State or Michigan to compete for a championship. So to me, I think I think it's a good move. He he gets to go back to the Big Ten, which I think he wanted to do anyway. He's finally to me, it's one of those he took the 11 year journey, you know, go somewhere else, kind of relearn himself, reevaluate and then come back and say, OK, now I'm ready. And I mean, a little bit of a, a revenge tour. He could. uh he could upset the Buckeyes, as Ryan Day put it. He's never, uh, he's never actually played in the Buckeyes. Haven't played in Madison since Ryan Day took over as the head coach. So, I mean, a little bit of a incentive for Luke Fickle to spoil the Buckeyes' day. Maybe get him, uh, maybe get Ryan Day fired because apparently, you know, can't can't have more than a loss on the season. Yeah, anything at least short of Michigan. an undefeated regular season, you're going on the hot seat. Well, at least in Michigan. But, I mean, to me, I don't know. I feel like if they were to lose anybody else, it would be even worse, but not worse. I don't know. I don't know. I think he went to Wisconsin because he wants in the Big Ten. I, th- I agree with that last statement that he wanted back in the Big Ten. He 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 coached in the Big Ten, like you said. Uh, for a full season, he went 6-7 and seven as an Ohio State coach. Yep never was even given the chance to be the head coach he was the interim the whole time mm-hmm. never was and so he kind of was that that rebound you know after a serious relationship you have that rebound and then you find your your soulmate yep it's usually how cont- it works can during uh during relationships not always not always but you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh so he was tired. He, 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 he's not happy about the, about the being the rebound. So he, well, what, what he wants to do is he wants to come into the big 10. He wants to stick it to anybody that doubted him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is what are the top two programs in the big 10? We know Michigan and Ohio state, neither of those two positions are open. Yeah. If if you contend that Penn State's better than Wisconsin, especially this year, you're right. James mm-hmm. Franklin isn't going anywhere. Right. Uh shoot, even if you wanted to say Iowa over the, the course of the past 10 years has been better than Wisconsin, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Kurt Ferentz isn't going anywhere. Yep. Uh it doesn't matter what school you go with that might be better this year or has been better in the past. None of those positions are open. Yeah. So what's Luke Fickle want to do when he's uh, he he loves the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, even in Cincinnati, he stuck around close to Big Ten country. He was in the heart of, yeah. so he still was entrenched in what Big Ten was. Uh, he's a Big Ten guy. Uh, some people, the roots. We talked about the roots on Wednesday. Uh, knowing where your roots are, he. he those mean something to him so he wants to Mm -hmm. stick around so honestly if ohio state was open he'd jump at that i think to prove that he was a better coach than what he was 11 years ago when he was there yeah and i mean you have to think of it too he was with ohio state from 2002 until 2016 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and they they really the only thing they ever gave him was he was the special teams coach from 2002 oh. to 2003, the linebackers coach in 04. He was the co-defensive coordinator from 2005 to 10 and linebackers coach. Was the interim HC. Then when they hired Urban Meyer, he went back to that same role of being the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach until he took the head coaching job. That proves to me he still loves Ohio State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he still wants to stick it to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> so I, I I see this as a as a move of, hey, you know what? Wisconsin could be worse. It could be a much. and But here's the thing. Do you consider this move an up move? With I, a move towards the 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 playoff, I mean, he was getting ready to go to the Big Twelve, not the Big Ten. It's not the Big Ten, but it's a, a Power Five. Your mm-hmm. recruiting's going to improve. You're yep. going to still have you're you're going to have that developed uh, rapport with you know different things in Cincinnati. It just he was there. He was the guy. And was with what it what was it about with Madison that was like I gotta make this move? Well, like yes, money can matter. Don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. Well, money, and like I said, you know, he he still stays close to the Big Ten, and like I said, you're still hitting the same recruiting pool. Like you're still yeah. like he can still go national, and if anything, it kind of boosts his you know national chances because okay, well now I'm going to a bigger Power Five school, bigger name, known for really creating good NFL players out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And like you said, aside from, you know, going to Michigan, not going to happen unless Harbaugh takes a head coaching job in the NFL. I don't That's believe Ryan I Day was getting at earlier. I know. I don't <laughs> believe Ryan Day would leave Ohio State unless he gets fired from I was going to say he'll be told loss. to leave, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um uh James Franklin is not going to go anywhere with Penn State. He has kept Penn State relevant for years now. He's No, no. He has made Penn State relevant again. True. True. Because if you're too young, Penn State used to be a blue blood that was historically a great program, had a very huge uh, you know, scandal inside their program that had gone yep. for years. Yep. Uh, with the assault of young men uh, in during the program, and it was kind of overlooked. Yep. And I'm not going to get too graphic, but that tells you how serious this was. I mean, it was it was years of it happening. Oh yeah, and I, I remember that, that got exposed. That was uh, that shook Penn State to its very foundation, and they were an embarrassment for a good three years. Yep, it was an embarrassment to say Penn State. Mm-hmm. And now Bill O'Brien came in, had a really good season that first year after Joe Pa was was uh, let go. Yep. And uh, Bill O'Brien was there one year, and he left and went to to Houston. Yep. I and that, that brought James Franklin in from from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and uh, he it was still very touchy on what Penn State was at that point, and he has turned them into at this point and in my mind right now for the past three years or so the third best program in the big 10 yeah no i agree 100 percent. so yeah it it to me he wisconsin like i said even even when they have down years when was the last time historically as a football team wisconsin has been a dumpster fire 
Oh, it was it was the early '90s when they started to turn around because of Barry Alvarez. Yeah. So and I mean, so it's been, it's been it's been thirty plus years. Yeah. That they've that they since they've been a constant dumpster fire. Right. Which so is you, why I'm sorry. I keep no, you're good. You're good. that's why it confuses me as to why Chris was let go in the middle of a season. Granted, it was a down season, but why in the middle? And that's why I only think that maybe it was Jim Leonard. I maybe it was Jim Leonard and and kind of like you said, or and I think I pointed it out at one point too. I don't really feel like you give a coach really a true chance then. Like if you had fired Chris at the end of last season, say, hey man, you're you are you're you're this close from getting us where we want to be, and you keep getting that close, but we're not getting over the hump. We're gonna go with another guy and see how he does. And you could have even told Leonard, like, hey, this is probably gonna be a one-year thing. We're not promising you anything. We want to see how you do. Here's a full off season. Get what you can get as far as players go. You know, do what you need to do as far as staff hires, and then run with it. I don't know that I can I can agree with that simply because who in their right mind would take a full year interim and feel good about it and not feel more pressure about it? If you're in the middle of a season where you're struggling and all of a sudden it's dumped on you and they're like, hey, we want to give you a shot because you've never been a head coach. We want to give you the rest of the season. We're not going to judge you necessarily on the record. We want to see what you do in certain situations. This is your interview. You know, that kind of, since he hadn't ever been a head coach up to that point, it mm-hmm. was one of those that they they maybe thought, well, we need to give him some sort of a trial or some sort of an, a, a way to know whether or not he's our our head coach moving forward. And so, okay, what's the best way to do that? Okay, we we know we're getting rid of Paul at the end of the season. We're just going to cut him now so we can put Jim in there, mm-hmm. get him and see what he can do. And then at the end of the season, we decide whether or not he's going to be in as the head coach or if we're going to get a new one. And Fickle, I, honestly, I'd choose Fickle over Jim Leonard. Oh yeah, But it's only because Fickle's been around long enough Mm-hmm. Uh, in the coaching position that you you know what you're getting. Yeah, uh, With Jim Leonard, they didn't know what they were getting, and they didn't want to only throw him to an interview process at the end of the season and have no way of knowing how he reacts in-game and then what happens when they make the decision to go with Jim Leonard. And then all of a sudden, Luke Fickle is still what Luke Fickle has been, and Jim Leonard busts. Right. I don't think Wisconsin likes making hires. I don't either. <laughs> I gotta say, because like you said, when you when you told me when you said that maybe they're not necessarily judging him on the record, just you know what can you do in key situation, yeah. And, and like you said, you know what coach would potentially take like a one year interim? I would almost take that because to me that would at least give me an idea as a head coach, like you said, because we you know more likely he's going to be a head coach again. I would rather like to have an idea the first time around of what it's like to have to do a lot of this, what it's like to really be in control. And if I, if it is a bust, if I do screw up and they're like, Hey man, you're not going to be the guy. I could look at a full season of what I did and use that instead of, Hey, Oh yeah, I have to clean up somebody else's mess mm-hmm. and I have to try to get these players, you know, refocus, get something reasserted and re reestablished halfway through the season honestly though do we know that wisconsin was going to make that change oh no we have no at the idea. beginning of the season 
and we may never because may, maybe they were not intending any of this. Paul Chris right. was still their guy, right? And in the middle of the season, they're like, "What the heck is going on?" Or maybe Paul actually had a a, a something happen within the the organization to where all of a sudden it was like we're not fitting anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I and think maybe it's, so we're going to make a, you know, they talked it out and we're going to make a move at the end of the season. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it was like, you know what? We're just going to end it now. Yeah. I think, it I, don't know. Been a, I think it might've been a combination of both. Cause they, they extended Paul Chris. So, I mean, why would you pay the money? Only they didn't even go through a full season after extending him. Right. That's why I'm like, I, I I think it was maybe a little bit of both. Maybe they're like, and eh, you know, he he's going to be the guy. And then, like you said, maybe something came up. Like, wait a minute, maybe we're not actually meshing and gelling the way that we want to get the boot. Time to go. Yeah, I saw. Uh, we're running extremely long on this first quarter. Yeah, we did. But I saw, uh, and we haven't even gotten to the second second hiring. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. I think Luke Fickle's going to be good in uh uh in wisconsin i i I just don't know what his motivation was to move from cincinnati where you're the king of the hill granted you're going into the big 12 but you're still you you, you've got something established and now you've got to move into a big 10 where you're fighting two of the nation's best teams year in and year out most of the time well, and to, you're getting ready to let USC into the conference that you're going to be coaching it. Yeah. Well, to me, I mean, you, you know, there, there comes a point where, you know, if you're, if you're a head coach, if you're, you know, any type of position like that, where you can potentially still move up at what point do you say, you know, I've done just about all I can do here. You know, it's time for me to do something different. Now, like you said, you're going I to wouldn't the big disagree 12. with that. If they were staying in the con in their conference, if they right. weren't moving to the big 12, I would say, yeah, you're okay. I would accept that. Right. Right. But there's doors and things that will open up immensely huge. Yeah. In the big 12. And you know what? We're going to move the second half of this circle to next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I like Luke Fickle. I, I've liked him since he was at since or when he took the job in Cincinnati, and uh, he's done a really good job uh, building that program. So it's exciting to see what maybe he can do with more. If if it if Wisconsin does anything, it offers him the pedigree argument to those to those uh, recruits he's trying to get. Yeah, you know we've been around for thirty years. We've yeah. been good for thirty years. We've been well, relevant for 30 years. And that's what I was getting ready to say real quick, because I know we're we're running pretty heavy on this. <laughs> you know, when you look at Big Ten schools, how many times do these, like you said, these big pedigree schools that have been relevant for, you know, the last 15 to 30 years, how many times those coaching positions ever open up? You know, very rarely. Like Iowa, unless Kirk decides to retire or leave, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, Ryan Day, unless he's fired, isn't going anywhere. Michigan is maybe your best shot. And again, you're going to have to be worried about Ohio State constantly. And plus, like you said, I think he still has a little bit of love for Ohio State. I don't think he would do that to Ohio State necessarily. I mean, he might. You never know. Because again, yeah. it's it's the position and the pedigree. So, I mean, what, maybe Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland, those are your kind of three teams that you might be looking at a mm -hmm. head coaching position in the future. But again, you know, 
this is also going to be when you have a lot of changes coming up with USC and UCLA being added in. You still have to deal with the with the three big boys, at least of the Big Ten East. So, I mean, to me, this was probably going to be one of his best opportunities to to go to a pedigreed program that isn't a dumpster fire and that he can he can still have a good amount of success in. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. It's and who am I? I don't I honestly it's not a big deal on whether or not they what happened in Wisconsin, you know, in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. Um I've as a rooting interest with with uh Purdue, I my interests lie other other places and other coaching moves. So we'll talk about those next week. Uh we're gonna move to the second quarter. We're gonna kinda adjust what we were going to talk about we're going to glaze upon and uh, talk really uh really shortly about what the pac 12 has decided they're going to maybe attack to stay viable and then uh, we'll hit the halftime break so uh, let's go to the second quarter okay so the pac 12 did announce i guess i uh, tony you know a little bit more about this uh in, in intimately uh the details a little bit better than me but the big 12 i don't know if the conference announced or if it was just out there that uh uh the the pac-12 is going to pursue fresno state and san diego state to take place of the usc and and uh ucla when they leave uh tony what do you think this makes the pac-12 still viable I mean, I think so, because you, you, you know, we, we talked about how big losing the L.A. market really was and how the fact of the Pac-12's TV deals coming up, nobody was really going to make much money, hardly at all, which is why USC and UCLA left. So yeah. to me, it does still make the Pac-12 viable. Um, I know there was even potential jokes like if the Pac-12 dissolves and actually there were supposedly reports that if the pac-12 dissolved oregon state and washington state would move to the mountain western conference and that would become the new pac-12 basically um which i could see i could see whatever teams don't go to the big 12 would probably go to there and it would probably be the the little brother teams of the states that we all know are pretty big powerhouses but yeah the according to not only pac-12 radio uh but also Althensports.com. Uh, San Diego State is probably the biggest number one target because they're still in the Southern California area. They've got a new stadium. It, uh, it adds another California. It wouldn't be a bad ad. No, not at all. And then, of course, uh, Fresno State would be the other one. Again, another California school, another, you know, Southern, Southern California school at that. So to me, those two, that's about as good as you can get. I mean, they're still pretty relevant group five schools. They're not bad. San Diego State had a good year last year. Basketball wise, San Diego State's pretty good. Uh, Fresno State, I don't really know much as much about Fresno State. On the radio, they actually interviewed a Fresno State fan. Um, he didn't really give a good reason as to why they should take the Bulldogs other than rawr, rawr, rawr. Um, it's compelling. Right. But right. I know hard (laughs) argument there. Uh, And then another team that they had mentioned, you know, maybe potentially go after is SMU. And to me, that would probably be a smart move. SMU is one of the better group five schools that is usually pretty competitive at just about everything. And it gets you into the Texas market and you're not just kind of stuck on the West Coast. Can I ask before we move to the half? Can I ask? 
does and and, uh, and uh, I'm asking you for your your thoughts. Think about the schools we're talking about for this mm-hmm. Pac-12 ad. Does it tell you what the, what the Pac-12 expects themselves to be when they're not going after Baylor in the Dallas market? They're going after SMU. If you are a viable conference, why are you not going after viable, not saying SMU couldn't be something, but if you're comparing Dallas markets, which one do you want more? Baylor? Or do you want SMU? Right. And if you have the poll, you should be able to go after the one you want, not the one you've got to settle for. Right. Well, and I'll and I'll be honest with you to me, and there is supposedly rumors that the Pac-12 might try to poach a couple big 12 teams here and there. To me, it's like not gonna the, be Baylor. No. To me, there's been more interest from Pac-12 teams wanting to go to the Big 12 than than the other way around. Which is why I, I bring this up. Is oh, no, I agree. The, the the Pac-12 is sitting here talking about viability and, and staying relevant. And you're not going after teams that are as relevant as what you say you want to be. Why aren't you going after Baylor? If you're going to, like, if you want to reach into Texas and you want to go after that Dallas market, mm-hmm. why are you going after the little brother? Oh, no. If you're I, viable and you want to stay viable, go after the big one. Mm-hmm. To to me, if, if I'm the Pac-12, the... I would kind of re- rebrand myself to what the Big 12 has been for the last few years, as far as football-wise. Like yeah. wh- For up until the last two years, who have been the big two names that everybody automatically assumes is probably going to be in the Big 12 championship, if not you know, probably winning the Big 12? Either Oklahoma or Texas. Now, that hasn't always been the case. They haven't always mm-hmm. won it. Mm-hmm. But those are, the, those are the two teams we always immediately assume, okay, those are the guys, Oklahoma well, that's and Texas. that's why it's a big deal. They're moving to the SEC. Yeah. So for the Pac-12, now you've lost your two quote-unquote heavyweights with USC and UCLA being revitalized. So if I'm the Pac-12, I kind of rebrand myself like the Big 12 did. I invest in Oregon, invest in Utah, invest into now Colorado since they got Deion Sanders. They may or may not be relevant again. You know, invest. You know, invest in Washington. Invest in the teams that you've got because you've got good teams still. Like you could still be a relevant conference and potentially be a factor for maybe one of these Big 12 teams does want to leave. Like, hey, we want an actual shot at our conference. We're tired of having to compete with everybody else. Let's go in the Pac-12, make it a little bit easier for ourselves because we go to the SEC, we're going to get the snot beat out of us. If we go to the Big Ten, we may or may not get the snot beat out of us. So, and I. Don't know if the ACC would be a factor, maybe. Well, I but... can tell you, we're going to talk about this some more. Um, this topic because there are things that the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve could have done yep. that would have made them just as viable as what the SEC, or not, not just as. Sorry, more viable than what they will be individually. Yes, against the SEC and Big Ten and the yep. ACC, uh, that they're not doing that are going to weaken them in my thoughts down the road and will eventually show the demise of both of the conferences, not just one of them. So uh, let's, uh, let's go to the half. We'll, we'll talk about uh, some basketball side of some, some expansion and things like that quickly. And then we need to jump to our headlines. So let's go to the half. 
You are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. I'm Richie, a.k.a. Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. All right, let's jump to the third quarter. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we got some time. We can chitter-chatter a little bit about this. Um, piggybacking a little bit off of the the football aspect of expansion, uh, we're going to move to the basketball side because it's it, it, there, there are stories that, that uh, Gonzaga is looking for a conference, a major conference to move to. Uh, for the, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously they're only basketball uh, when it comes to Division One sports, so they're looking for a major conference to move to to be more expo, get more exposure, uh, make more money, obviously. And yep. uh, I do believe the Big East was talked about with one of them. They also yep. were mentioned about the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, what are your thoughts on where Gonzaga A ends up? And what does that actually do uh, for that conference? Yeah, so there. So this was published on November third. So just before basketball season started, they were ranked number two in the AP polls. Uh, they met with the Big Twelve commissioner uh, Chris Standiford. Yeah, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, met with uh, the Big Twelve commissioner Brett Yormick. Uh, to potentially talk about joining the Big 12. And, of course, they met with the Big East and they they met with the Pac-12. I think it would be a good move for Gonzaga because you're in the WCC, you're in the West Coast Conference. Tell me the last time, other than Gonzaga, the West Coast Conference has been remotely relevant in, like, anything. There's a lot of silence, so can't. I think Um, was Fresno State in in the Western... I can't or were remember. they in the whack when they won the uh, College World Series a few years back? I know, I know BYU is in the WCC until they until they have went moved. independent, right? And then they went independent, and now they're going into the Big Twelve, Big 12. So, so they don't have to worry as much. Uh, what was it? What was the university again? Uh, Fresno State won the College World Series in uh, fifteen or sixteen, I think. Let's see, maybe seventeen. Uh, Fresno State is a former member, and then they joined the MWC, and they left in 1957. So no, they were not Mountain a part West. Of the they were in w- the Mountain West. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. So, to me, you know, when you look at that, you know, Gonzaga can go and just beat everybody in their conference and whatnot, and you know, it's no big deal. But then the question, kind of the same as we've had with the football AP conference, who have you beaten? You know, what is your competition? How many like? national titles Gonzaga have with, through the uh, WCC? Pretty sure zero. How many how many uh, finals appearances do they have in the think, WCC? You would think probably more than what they got. I believe uh, it's just one. I think so. Uh, so they have underperformed once they hit the big stage. I think that's their big thing is, the, A, they're going to get a bigger payday when they move. 
Yep. Um, bar bar none. Conference. Oh yeah. As long as they're going to a bigger conference, they're getting a better payday. Yep. Uh, but I think it, what it does, I think they're at least in the aspect of trying to get going, they're looking at the Tom Izzo portion of the, of that is who we play warming up to our conference season. Great. Mm-hmm. They went undefeated. They got housed by Baylor in the finals. Yes. Housed. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even a game after about four minutes of play in that national championship game. Yeah. They were down 19 before like the second media timeout. Like they, yeah. the, they were just overmatched. Granted, mm-hmm. Baylor was playing great that day or that yeah. tournament, but still the fact remains is they were undefeated. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were undefeated. They were the heads on favorite favorite to win the title. And they got housed. So yeah. like, I, th- I think when it comes to the fact of let's, let's get better competition, let's make us more battle tested and ready to play six games in March and April to win that national championship. Yeah. And that, and that's my thought. That's why I say, you know, to me, I say go to the big 12. Cause you think about it, what two of the last three national champions have come from the big 12 mm-hmm. with Baylor and Kansas last two. Yeah, last two. So I mean, if I'm them, I go to the Big Twelve. It's still it's still a good region. You're still yeah. close. It's competitive. If you go to the Big East, you, you still have opportunities. I mean, you still have to face the likes of, you know, Yukon, Xavier, um, Georgetown. You still have to deal with um uh Villanova. So I mean, you you're still gonna have to be pretty battle tested. Um I mean, they could join the Big Ten, although they weren't in con- they weren't in talks with the Big Ten, um, but they were in talks with the Pac-12. And I mean, that geographically, if we were still going off of a geographical non-existent, you know, conference border, Pac-12 would make more sense. But other other really than Arizona and sometimes Oregon, there's not really a lot in the Pac-12 that I see that I'm like, ooh, yeah, that, that's a good basketball conference. So to me, if I'm Gonzaga, I look at the Big 12 as a bigger a bigger, more difficult challenge than I do the the Big East, just to me anyway. I'm I I think they fit best in the Big East, and it's only simply because a the the Big East is a really really good basketball conference. Yes, um, when they reestablished themselves and brought brought, brought uh, schools in, I think that they reestablished themselves as that basketball conference. Yep. that they originated as. Yep. And that's not to say that when Syracuse and Boston College and all those teams that have good football teams or at least good in the aspect of Division One football teams, when they were in the Big East, that's not to say that they weren't a good, a decent football conference. But they, they just didn't, they were a basketball conference. That's what yep. they were known for. Most of their schools, all their schools had basketball division one basketball. Yep. So I, I just think that the, they with Gonzaga being what they are basketball only in division one, that they would fit best there. Yeah. I was going to say, don't, that, I don't know though that, that to me would also fit just because like you said, the big East now is primarily a basketball conference. It, it would make sense that they go to that conference because of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, like, like I said, and like, you know, we've kind of talked about, it's not like you're still going to a bad conference. You're still going to get battle tested. Like oh, some, sure. some, like you said, some of the best teams 
in the nation come out of the Big East. Oh, you got Villanova, Creighton, Creighton. You know. <laughs> Xavier. You've got Xavier, Yukon, St. John's. Like it, it's all like they're historically good, and then they're they're at least going to be Division One strongly more more competitive in most the, aspects than the WCC. Yeah, and then then the cupcake <clears throat> schedule that that, that honestly, is no knock on San Francisco, who just housed Arizona State by thirty seven. I know, crazy by the way, yeah. but I mean, you look at who they faced. You know, they faced Michigan State. The Michigan State took them down to the wire. You know, they beat Alabama. So I mean, they they can do it. You know, but can they do it on a consistent basis? And can they do that with consistently good opponents? Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's transition really quickly we've got a few minutes that we can talk about about this the w- even the football conferences are going to do this they're going to make basketball grabs yep so that's why we we didn't rule out any of the conferences for gonzaga because those football conferences are still going to make grabs yep. now i know at one point in order to join the Big Ten, you had to have Division One, both basketball and football. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've made that change, mm-hmm. uh, but the way I'm going to, I know when that, that they do have. That's why I would never say Gonzaga is going to the Big Ten because they don't have a Division One football or uh, football program. So I, I I don't see it. You know, Butler, same way. They're right. in the Big East basketball wise, but their division, what is it, FBS? <clears throat> with football yep so uh georgetown i don't even think is fbs i don't think so either they might be a a, a division three i'm not sure they may be fbs i don't know i i really it's not important but uh what are some schools that you see that the big 10 basketball schools that the big 10 might go after to add to bolster their basketball side of things where do you see uh, the Big Ten potentially looking for teams that would do that. You mean besides Notre Dame? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, uh, well, Notre Dame's the the golden goose because yeah. no matter what, they're bringing in their all their sports and all of them will do something. You know, uh, historically, Notre Dame has been good at least at points in both mm-hmm. men's and really good in women's yeah. uh, basketball. So those are two things. Notre Dame is the is the is the the outlier, yeah. Because they're going to bring every sport into your your conference uh, with a highlight. But what about those basketball first schools? I mean, to me, if you really wanted a truly good uh, basketball program, and they do technically have a football program, and they are considered currently right now as an independent, I would go after UConn. I mean, it'd be it'd be a huge blow to the not UConn only UConn should have already been in the Big Ten in my my mind. When yeah. they added Rutgers, they should have added UConn. UConn. Yeah, because and this is why I kind of think that Gonzaga would go to the Big Twelve more because you know I think the because the the commissioner of the Big Twelve even said it. You know, we're losing Texas, we're losing Oklahoma. I need to add good quality basketball schools too. And that's why they're even considering adding Gonzaga's because they're like, Hey, we can re-strengthen this whole basketball thing on top of a really good thing we've already got going. So to me, if I'm the big 10, because we talked about it last time, the big 10 won a national championship early two thousands. No, it was 2000. Yeah. With the Michigan 2000 State. tournament. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's been 22 years since really a, a big 10 will be 23. Even, yeah. Even has if even, they win this year. Right. Has even been in the big dance, much less competing for it. You know, now obviously Purdue has gotten close. We've seen Michigan State get close, you know, a few times. You know, we've we've seen teams get there, but Michigan's been to the finals. Yeah, Michigan straight. Yeah, you know, they got beat by Louisville and then I North Carolina, I think maybe. I think so. So I mean, to me, oh, I'm sorry. No, they got beat by nobody in that game against Louisville. I forgot that was vacated, but uh, they they did lose a game against nobody that day. And then I believe it was North Carolina the next year, maybe. Yeah. So to me, you if I had to do it in this order as far as basketball schools, UConn, Butler, because again, you're in Indiana. You are I don't in I, the I, I still I still think that country. football thing is a thing. So I don't I know. So. I, I don't know. So if we're going in a perfect world with no rules, okay. That's uh, and that's fine. I just I in my head, I still think that there is that you have to be division one in both. I'm yeah. not 100% positive, but I'll let you continue. Go ahead. Yeah. No, to me, l- like you said, no rules barring that still being a thing, which I'm, I'm going to look up, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, to me, those are probably the, the two better schools that, while they'll be leaving a massive basketball conference, would still be a good move. And again, make, make the Big Ten more relevant again when it comes to competing for a national title. Because right now, it's mainly... The Big East, the SEC, and the Big 12, to me, as far as competing for a national championship on the basketball side. I think I think it's you. I honestly, and this is, you may think I'm crazy, but I think UConn, Kansas, and Baylor are the three teams that the that the Big Ten should worry, uh, try to pursue the most if you're talking basketball that moves the needle. Because if you think about it, every single one of those programs, basketball-wise, has done at least something football. UConn mm-hmm. hasn't been good lately. They are in a bowl game this year, but pretty much anybody with a 5-7 and seven record is, uh, or better, is. But like they, they, they've been competitive. Like I, in, my, in my time, I've seen them beat Notre Dame, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I mean, UConn is at least formidable in the aspect of they've got something that could work. Um, but those three teams, I think, honestly, occasionally you'll get a really good football season from Kansas. Hey, Baylor might might push to go to Indy every few years, or they may be USC's biggest rival in the West, or, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and, and UConn. Hey, they just uh, won the women's tournament for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you're bringing women's basketball in with UConn as well. Yeah, you know, you now have Gino Oriema on the women's side and Tom Izzo on the men's side, like two of the biggest icons in college basketball right now on men's and women's side. Could be in this conference. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think honestly, UConn would be my first big move. And then if that does, or even if it, if it doesn't, or even if it does happen, try to try to go after Kansas. Yeah. You know, why not? Why not? 
So it's 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 interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see because you know they're not done expanding, and eventually you've got to start looking at the basketball side because you don't want March to roll around and you've got 25 teams in your conference and four make the tournament because they're the only ones that are any good at basketball this year. You know what I mean? You you just don't want that. So uh, let's move to the fourth quarter, Tony. I know you have headlines this week. I do. I do. (laughs) All right. So we move to the fourth quarter every Friday. We do our headlines. We are going to start off with the Tony Tribune. Tony, take it away. Yeah, so this is going to be kind of a quick one slash one that maybe might surprise a little bit of people. Um, So obviously, ever since the transfer portal has become such a big thing, we have seen so many moves from so many different athletes to different programs. Uh, From the Big Ten side, we saw Graham Mertz go over into Florida. Um, Just to give you an idea of what the Big Ten looks like so far, some kind of key names uh, that are you know leaving, and this was as of Monday the 19th. Uh, over 1,300 new players are now searching for a new home since they've jumped into uh, the portal. So for Michigan, they're losing two people, as we talked about. Cade McNamara is transferring over to Iowa, as well as tight end Eric All, which is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, that all- is a little surprising, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, uh, yes and no. I mean, Cade is like, I'm still a starter. I want to go start somewhere. And oh, wait, no, no, this team I, doesn't have an offense. All is the one that... that oh, yeah. Yeah, All is a big me. one. Because he he was a captain, was really really good. Um, was he hurt? I because think you know was, honestly, they still have at least one more game. I'm curious as to why he wasn't playing. I think I think he was hurt slash. I think they just didn't give him as Not much playing time. I think. Sorry to interrupt yeah. your headline. I just was curious about those. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, for Ohio State, because I'm I'm really going to try to cover just some of the bigger the bigger ones. Ohio State, they've got five people potentially leaving. Two safeties, Brian Shaw and safety Jalen Johnson. They're undecided. Uh, linebacker uh, Treja Mitchell is undecided. And then safety Yance Dunn is going to Kentucky, which is a little, little surprising. And for Penn State, they're losing quarterback Christian Valu, who's transferring to Pittsburgh. I don't really think that's a huge loss. Probably the backup guy, if I had to bet. Um uh, you know, offensive line, Malik McNeil is undecided. Jeffrey Davis Jr. is undecided, which that to me is kind of big considering how good Penn State's secondary has been. Uh, they're getting a kicker from Columbia and a punter from Florida Atlantic. So Penn State special teams might be better, question mark. Um, Michigan State has a lot of outgoing and like no incoming so far. Uh, oh, wait, yes, they do. They do have some incoming. Uh, they're getting a Wisconsin Badger and Jalen Franklin. So, and they're getting a running back from UConn, surprisingly enough. Um, so, this this is probably the most interesting because we're going to continue to see as this moves on and keeps going, more and more of these players come in and out. So, hopefully, we'll see a little bit of a balance with some of these, you know, not as good schools getting some of these big time players, especially with NIL money. They should be able to get pretty good money. Um, but we'll, but we'll definitely see though. So a little bit of a kind of odd headline, but I just wanted to point out some, some kind of weird transfers I saw happening. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really a weird thing. The, the, the regularity and the, the amount of transfers we're seeing, that's the, 
yeah. the thing that that really is incredible to me because there's a lot happening these people these guys are just up and leaving you know and yeah. it, and it's a kind of an incredible uh incredible thing that uh they go out at this high number what was it It was almost a thousand people i think 1300 okay well over a thousand i'm i'm i meant to say it was almost a thousand within like the within 12 hours of the portal opening like it was just mm-hmm. boom all of a sudden yeah. there so uh for the sam sentinel it's it's a quick one it's a real quick one because uh i i'm still kind of pouring through like some stories about coach mike leach uh it's on my social media there's a a gentleman that's sharing all sorts of stories like as he gets them so every every day i'm seeing one maybe two uh stories come through and uh, you you kind of wonder about what it was that mesmerized the some of us about mike leach Mm -hmm. and uh this story was real quick or is a real quick one dave emrick uh he coached with or he worked with uh uh, mike leach for for about 20 years and 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 he said that coach leach turned into a walker like he would walk everywhere and if it wasn't within walking distance, he had somebody drive him. He just, uh, Dave Emmerich said he rode with him once in 1997 on the way to Vanderbilt for a game with, uh, when they were at Kentucky. And he said, I never again, will I ride with coach Leach? Like, and, and, and maybe coach Leach decided, okay, yeah, I don't like when he first started at Texas tech, he, uh, or at Washington state, I'm sorry, not Texas tech. When he started at Washington state, he lived on campus. So it made it really easy for him to walk everywhere. And there was one time that he was walking home uh, after he he was uh, uh, he had he had to move off campus, but he would still walk to campus. Well, he ended up walking uh, through a neighborhood, and he would encounter wildlife, <laughs> so like deer, you know, just different quail, rabbits, uh, but raccoons as well. And he the story is they were walking along, and all of a sudden, Mike Leach saw a, a raccoon trail and just took off and walked. And he followed the tracks for over half a mile. Wow. And Emmerich asked Coach Leach, why why in the world would you track a raccoon that you have no connection to? You're not hunting it. Why? He just said, I wanted to see where that, I was curious where that little sucker lived. And it's like, who, why do you care where a raccoon lives? But that was the mind of Mike Leach. And and if something caught his attention and he wanted to know it, he was going to pursue it until he figured it out. And uh, it, it, I, I don't know if I want to live more like that or <laughs> if it's just intriguing because not a lot of people would do that. Uh, but coach leach was i really did he never coached one of the teams that i had rooting interest for he never coached in a conference that i had rooting interest in Mm -hmm. but whenever i saw coach leach a coach leach team playing i was rooting for them and it wasn't because i and i didn't know it and i didn't know it was because of coach leach until until like just here recently in the past year or so it's coach leach that i liked it wasn't that oh i hope mississippi state upsets alabama it's mm-hmm. i hope coach leach beats saban yeah you know and so it was just really nice to to have coach leach uh in our in our world so all right tony i did it to you again go quickly go quickly 
Okay, so you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Big Ten Plus Four. You got to spell the plus. Can't put it. In, can't just type it. Facebook, Big Ten. You can put the plus on oddspodsmedia.com and on ASAP Live twice a week. And if you want to see us on camera in person on Spotify, got things going on. Merry Christmas! Enjoy whatever holiday season you spend uh, during this time. Please enjoy it with uh, with people that you love. So uh, from all of us at Big Ten Plus Four, I'm Sam Sprunger. That's Tony Hollinsworth, Dalton Shetler, normally here. He's here in spirit today. So uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you later.